Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The marvelous galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. This is Sean. And this is Alan. Alan has allergies today. He's Alan Archies. Wow. We're, we're going to edit, edit that out, right? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> definitely take that out. So we have an exciting week for you. So much news. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. What we're doing right now is we're uh, doing sexual innuendos at each other. Yeah. And that leads us into our first topic. <laughs> sexual innuendos in Frozen and Frozen 2. Yeah. Well, I think in general, Disney likes to kind of drop in, especially Pixar, I would say. Oh. Uh, <laughs> sexual innuendos, but... Uh, someone recently pointed out that there's quite a few um, ones in Frozen uh, in both the first and second uh, movie. Um, so some examples that they had provided or that they had shown. And I, I kind of caught this, too, but it kind of also went over my head. Um, but do you remember, Sean, when Anna and Kristoff were in the sleigh ride? Anna? I'm sorry, Anna. Oh. <laughs> and Kristoff were... On the sleigh ride in the snow, and Hans or um, Christoph was asking, you know, a bunch of questions like, how do you know this guy? Do you know what's his birthday? What's his last name? And one of his questions that he asked was, what's his foot size? Which Anna had replied, well, foot size doesn't matter. Oh, that's an innuendo because <laughs> yeah. it's talking about the hot dog. Exactly, because you put hot dogs in shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and another one, um, when they're getting into the sleigh, Hans tells Anna, hang on, we like to go fast. And Anna responds, I like fast. Yeah, because she's furious. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, even in the second, uh, the sequel, where he's dressed, or where Han, no, sorry, Kristoff is dressed in a fancy getup, Anna replies, well, that's okay that he's in the the suit she actually prefers him in leather anyways so what do you think about this is this like overstepping for disney pixar to put this type of stuff in movies is it to like get adults more interested is it dangerous for kids to hear this what's going on i think it's i don't want to say smart but i see what they're trying to do they're trying to appeal to the adults watching as well too or even like the kids watching and they grow up and it's like they watch it again and they catch all these like innuendos that they didn't get initially so i don't know i i enjoy them cuz they're like a little like naughty when you when you watch a disney movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think they're like harmless enough i like for example one of my movies that I watched over and over when I was a kid was um, Batman Returns. That's the one with Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. And I remember specifically one of the lines in it is um, Penguin gets mad at Catwoman and he like betrays her and sends her away on a flying umbrella of doom. <laughs> and um, he yells at her, uh, you threw up all the signals. 
And, like, as a kid, I thought that meant, like, she turned on the bat signal. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I didn't know what, like, throwing out the signals and that meant as a kid. So I know that one's not as much of a sexual innuendo as the ones we're talking about. But it definitely evolves over time, your understanding of these things. And like you said, I think it adds a different dynamic to the movie as you grow older. So Mm -hmm. I think this is very smart. Yeah. So we should have a watch watch party and try to catch all the sexual innuendos. A drinking party. Every yeah. sexual innuendo, we take a body shot off each other. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, that's the word. <laughs> well, this is an exciting thought. So um, Disney shared some thoughts about, as we mentioned before, they're talking about expanding the Disneyland Resort into... Uh, um, you know, the outer parts of downtown Disney and the Disneyland Hotel. Um, And just one of the kind of blue sky ideas that they had thought of was thinking about the Jock Lindsay hangar in uh, Disney Springs. They're thinking of bringing that to Disneyland and turning that into more, because it has the same feel uh, feel of um, Indiana Jones. So doing a Indiana, Indiana Jones themed bar, which I think is a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I think it lends itself well to um, his movies because Mm -hmm. he searches out artifacts. So it's very easy just to put artifacts from the movie, pictures of different, like, celebrities or explorers around. Like, I think it could be a really fun, not only entertainment, but also, like, learning type place. I feel Indiana Jones should... His presence should be bigger in the parks as well, too. I'd like to see, you know, such a great ride. But knowing how everything is so experiential now at the parks, it'd be cool to, like, go to go ride Indiana Jones. Well, the ride, not Indiana Jones. But oh, I would also ride <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> but then after that, you know, have a drink in his, in his bar. With him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to ride him, right? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this would be fun. And you're right. I think uh, I think Disney is sitting on this huge property that they're really not doing much with. So mm-hmm. I mean, I know the fifth movie's in the works. Uh, I know listeners. Not everybody loved the fourth movie, Crystal, uh, Crystal Skull. Whatever. Yes. Something of the Crystal Skull. But um, I liked it enough, and I'm excited to see more. I think they experimented a little much, a little much with it, and yeah. some of it got a little out of hand. But like, it was still so much fun to see Indy on the screen, see familiar characters brought back, see new exciting characters put into the movie. So yeah, I want more. I'm yeah. just ruling all over my phone <laughs> thinking about it. And it's also awesome to see what potential of having another place where you can get alcohol at the park too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I hope that they don't, Disney doesn't go too crazy and add Sony bars where it just turns into like a Las Vegas with rides. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's still a pretty cool concept, but um, yeah, you know, I, another bar would be awesome uh, in the park. I think I'd like to see maybe a balance between like right now we have Oga's Cantina, which isn't easy to get into. Yeah. And like, it feels almost rushed when you do get in because you only have like 45 minutes and it's very like strict. But then on the flip side, we have like over in the, I don't remember what it is lately. It was 
Tron and Wonderland, like the dance area. Oh, yeah. Electronica. Electronica. Like, over there, it's more of, like, a casual. You walk up and get your drink and leave. So I think I'd rather see something more like that. Like, I don't know. The nightclub type of? Yeah, like, maybe a balance between the theme bar and, like, the casual bar. Mm Mm-hmm. And if they do another theme bar like the Cantina, like, maybe make it bigger or maybe try to manage it somehow to where, like, more people can go in. Yeah, especially now, like, post-COVID, I don't know how, honestly, like, I guess Cantina is going to reopen because it's so, like, compact inside. Yeah, you'd only be able to have a few parties (laughs) at a time. Yeah. But only time will tell. Only time will tell. At least Disney's looking into more for us. Yes. All right, moving from Indiana Jones into the world of the MCU, we have some exciting news. I think WandaVision really did take the world by storm, and I almost want to say that what I'm about to announce happened because WandaVision is so popular. Um, There actually, there's rumors that they're adding Scarlet Witch into, we're not sure yet if it's a show or a movie, around the group The Midnight Suns. Have you ever heard of these guys? I have not. But I have a question. So when you say she took the world by storm, did you mean that there's... there's, (laughs) I was going to wonder if there's an overlap between that and X-Men, but... Stop it! (laughs) Oh, one quick thing I will say uh, about WandaVision that I heard from Kevin Feige, and then I'll continue with Midnight Suns. Kevin Feige made a point that because not everywhere has Disney Plus yet, which I wasn't aware of, but it's not everywhere around the world, but he said there won't be any major things done in any of the Disney Plus shows. So that way, if you don't have Disney Plus, you can still enjoy the movies. So we won't see, like, Mephesto introduced in Disney Plus or anything like that. I mean, that's considerate of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would be mad if I lived in a place I didn't have it and, like, everyone's experiencing all this awesome stuff. Yeah, so I think that's something to stay aware of, even with, like, Loki on the forefront. Um, they did announce a cameo of someone who's being announced also in the movies, but um, we won't see anybody, like, really introduced that will have any big bearing on the movies later. Well, based on my experience of from WandaVision, my expectations are low <laughs> when, oh, when it comes no. to, uh, you know, um, cameos of people. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. All right, back to Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns is a team that formed all the way back in uh, 1992, actually. And this is a team that... It's kind of some of Marvel's darker characters. I think this is brilliant that they're going the path that they are because some of the characters that have been on the Midnight Suns are Doctor Strange. Um, If anybody remembers the short-lived Hulu show that recently just came out, Hellstorm or Hellstrom, depending on how you pronounce it or how it's (laughs) spelled because it's both ways. But he's uh, the son of Satan, who's actually a good hero, with kind of this dark past, but he's also sexy because he doesn't wear a shirt. <laughs> wow. Um, he's been on the team. Uh, Jennifer Kale, who's a sorceress. Uh, Werewolf by Night, who his name is Russell Terrier. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and he, no, no, no. His name is Jack Russell. Sorry, Jack Russell. Oh, wow. But he is a straight-up werewolf 
who we don't really see a lot from him in the comics for a while, and then he kind of makes a comeback. Uh, Morbius has been on the team. Uh, Johnny Blaze, who's the original Ghost Rider, and also his long-lost brother, who was the third Ghost Rider, Danny Ketch. Uh, Blade is in there, Moon Knight. So basically this team is like the darker powers working together, and they've talked about Scarlet Witch coming in and joining the team. The reason why I think this is really smart... Oh, I forgot to mention Moon Knight has been part of the Midnight Suns. But uh, we've been hearing all these rumors, or we've gotten some announcements where like Moon Knight's going to have his own show. Uh, Marvel just got the rights back to Ghost Rider. Uh, like, a character like Morbius has his movie coming out soon. I'm not really sure right now if that's connected to the MCU <laughs> or not. We'll have to wait and see. But this is a really smart way to take some of those, like, knockoff characters that may not fit elsewhere and throw them all together into a team that makes sense for the comics, and we still get to see them all together on the big screen or on our TV. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm, I feel they're just after the whole... I mean with uh, Dr. Strange's next movie, I, I've, this just feels like a great segue or introduction to this new team as well, too. What I like about it, too, is the Midnight Suns usually, they have more darker missions. They're, they're the darker side of Marvel, I think. So, mm -hmm. like, we get to see the Avengers who are, like, in the spotlight doing all, like, the nation's work. And then we get to see, like, the seedy heroes, like, underneath, like, <laughs> killing demons and yeah. doing the bad stuff. I hope they do a horror movie. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I'd like yeah. that a lot. So, yeah, more to come on that. Hopefully we get more uh, definite news. But we just wanted to let you know it's on the horizon, and we are excited for it. You know what else is exciting? What? Uh, Disneyland Park that I haven't been to. <laughs> Disneyland Paris is reopening uh, June 17th. Uh, so very exciting because I believe that is the last Disneyland park to reopen. Um, so, you know, if you're out there, check it out. And also they are, I'm ex also excited for this, their Manhattan, I believe it's their New York or their Manhattan themed hotel is reopening uh, or refurbished to be the Art of Marvel Hotel opening June 21st. Um, and bookings actually are open now. So if you are making your way out there and you want to check out that hotel, you're you're able to to book your stay if you're staying after June 21st. Yay! Yay! Do you know, I was actually kind of close to going there once. Really? I was in the UK on a 10-day trip with Rage, or it might have been 10 or 14 days. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter too much. But I was there <laughs> with uh, my best friend Rachel, and we were like, maybe we have some extra time. Maybe we can try to go to uh -huh. Disneyland Paris. <laughs> but from where we were, I think the train ride was like $100 one way. So yeah. it was kind of a lot, and we didn't have that much extra time. So, yeah, but that was the closest I got to Disney yeah. Paris. Well, the funny thing is that I've been to Paris twice. That's not that funny. <laughs> and both times, <laughs> I haven't gone to Disneyland Paris. Wow. Yeah. So I've had the opportunity, but I don't know why I couldn't go. I, yeah, like similar to your situation, just time wasn't available. So, you know, but there's always room for a third trip to Paris. And maybe I'll go this time, that time. <laughs> All right. And Lego is actually coming out with the largest ever Marvel set with a Big old price tag of two ninety nine ninety nine. 
$299.99. It's kind of surprising because I think it wouldn't be the Lego set you'd expect. Yeah. It's the Daily Bugle. Whoa. And if you're not in the know, that's where Peter Parker works as a photographer. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to feature it more in No Way Home. Oh, that would be smart for them to release it yeah. for the mo- with the movie. Because we got J. Jonah Jameson making his Marvel MCU debut at the end of Far From Home. Mm-hmm. These names, they trip me up. Yeah. <laughs> Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Daily Bugle would be a bigger um, thing in the movies coming this December. Well, I'm actually looking at it right now, the pictures of it, and... It looks like it's cool because there's a bunch of villains crawling outside of, on the outside of the building. You have uh, Venom crawling outside, Dr. Ock. But there's also Spider-Pig is one of the Lego characters in it as well, too. And uh, I think it's Miles Morales with his hood. So it's it's actually pretty it's pretty cool because at first it, you the idea of, oh, it's a Daily Bugle building. So it's just a big you know, rectangular building, but, um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So I would like to point out that Miles Morales doesn't have a hood and that's ghost spider who is Gwen Stacy from another dimension. She has boobs. No, there's (laughs) right here. Okay, fine. That one's Miles Morales. Yeah. Wow. See you. (laughs) See you guys. This is what I have to go through every day. Every Every, single day. day. (laughs) He started drinking a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but yeah that's cool um i'm not really into legos though but it's exciting for people who are i just want to see it in person yeah not like buy it so i can build it and see it in person but i just want to see it in person to okay. see how big it is oh <laughs> innuendos <laughs> so more news from avengers campus yeah yay so um we mentioned it before we're going on june 19th so that's the uh the following Monday, we're going on Saturday. The following Monday, we'll have more information on what was in the park, how we liked it, what our experiences was like. And actually, Alan may not be on that episode due to uh, scheduling. Yes. <laughs> so just a heads up there. But we have more information on the menu that's going to be available for Avengers Campus. Yeah. And what's cool is that they are going to serve both breakfast and like lunch dinner type food so it'll be open in the morning um and they have cool cool things i don't know if do we want to go through the whole menu (laughs) give us your highlights okay so um we have something called a calculated breakfast which is two or eggs two ways with uh smoked bacon potato bites and a focaccia toast um, they also have some cool-looking, very Instagrammable um, snack and lunch items. One is their giant pretzel, or the quantum pretzel, which is a Bavarian-style pretzel with uh, sharp cheddar cheese sauce. Um, they also have the pingo dose, I believe is what you, it's what it's called, and it's a lemon-lime drink with a bit of a vanilla kick, so I would say that's like their blue milk in the land. Um, And then another one that is getting a lot of buzz right now is their uh, Pimini uh, sandwich, which everyone is being shocked about because it 
costs a hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. What does it have on it? Does it have a lobster? <laughs> I was trying to think of something expensive. Escargot. Close. It has salami. And ham. Oh, that's expensive. <laughs> and provolone cheese uh, with a tomato spread with focaccia, on toasted focaccia. Uh, so what people d- leave out when they talk about, oh, it's a $100 sandwich, is that it's a big sandwich that serves at least six to ten people. Yeah. So, like, at the least, if you have a party of six, you're paying around $16 a person for the sandwich. So, like, yeah. calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's supposed to be for families or groups of friends. So, honestly, that's probably, like, a better deal anyways versus buying a meal for every single person in your party. So, chill out, people, if you think that's, like, crazy that Disneyland's offering a $100 sandwich. Yeah, it's just funny because after we recorded our last episode and then as we record this one, like, it's very apparent to see how the news like spins things like for example the snow white kiss which we talked about actually came down to just one person casually mentioning it and fox news getting a hold of that and blowing it out of proportion yeah and same with the sandwich out of proportion (laughs) wow yeah it's just how uh things report on it and make it sound (laughs) aside from that i'm also excited for the shawarma palace well, they call it a palace, but it's just a food cart, you know, a small food cart. Yeah. <laughs> but over there, they're serving a chicken swarma wrap, um, as well as a falafel wrap as well, too, um, which I'm excited for. Um, I mean, the chicken swarma wrap, I'm very excited for. Um, and that's probably the first thing I want to try when I'm at the land. Yeah. Yummy. Mmm. And then for anyone with sweet teeth, sweet tooth, tooth. Um, across from the Guardians of the Galaxy ride they have a booth over there too serving uh, some treats it's the Cosmic Cream Orb which is a cream puff with uh, what did you call me? cream poof okay (laughs) with uh, whipped raspberry cheesecake mousse and then also a churro spiral with different flavors and some cool because you know me I like to get little souvenir stuff with my food uh, <laughs> they are serving a or selling a Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet. Ooh. So it's basically a glove, an Iron Man's glove uh, with Infinity Stones on it, and you use it so you can hold a can, a bottle of soda. Oh, so is it like the Thanos one that's already out? Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so um, definitely looking forward to getting that stuff. Yeah, and we'll probably talk more about this next week because we'll probably own it by then. But (laughs) uh, Disney has also announced that they're selling, um, like, uh, shooters, I guess you'd call them. But there's uh, different ones that you could take onto the Spider-Man ride. There's a Iron Man, I guess, gauntlet, a rescue gauntlet, which is Pepper Potts in her Iron Man outfit. There's also a Spider-Man and a Ghost Spider, who's Gwen Stacy shooter that you can wear when you're on the ride and it's supposed to give you power-ups and bonuses Mm -hmm. it's very exciting i i they haven't really like specifically said oh these are going to go on sale before the land opens but uh the disney uh parks blog said that look out for some of these items that are going to be at the uh studio store um, the weekend before the land opens. So we're going to check it out. Hopefully we can get one because 
I don't. I feel like it's going to be tough to because I want it when I first write it. Like it's going to be tough to get that and then go on to the ride because I'm sure everyone's going to jet or dart straight to to swing, the ride. Web swing straight to the ride. The wide. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then other cool things too. The, the little spider bot toy that um, we initially saw a few months ago. They're uh, selling variations of that as well too. Um, so looking forward to seeing that as well. They have Black Panther, um, uh, Black Widow, Iron Man, and uh, the Wasp and Ant-Man. Which one would you get? Uh, I like the Black Panther. Cause That's the one I would get. You can't both get it. But I like it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to see him in person, too, because sometimes the pictures don't look different than in real life. True. Yeah. Yeah, because they used to have just the basic model in the store. But, yeah, we haven't seen the variation models yet. Maybe I'll get the Iron Man to match my Iron Man power-up thingamajigger that they're selling. <laughs> So, Walt Disney World has hinted at the annual pass holder restarting. Yeah. How do we feel about that? Uh, a little bit of jealousy because, first off, the it sounds like they're going to get their annual passes before the West Coast does. And they're actually, looks like they're calling it, or it looks like it's going to be an actual annual pass program versus here. We don't know what it is on the West Coast. Um, but I'm also curious to see, like, if they do change it, what it, what's it going to be? Maybe it's a sneak peek to what they're going to do here on the west side. So we just don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, the different dynamics, because from what I understand, it could be wrong, but Disneyland has much more of a SoCal resident annual pass holder feel to it than uh, Walt Disney World, which less people have passes because it's more of, like, an international park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and then there's people over there, like Princess Chris in New York, who are like, I don't care about your passport. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit about our favorite spider bot. Let's talk more about his comic. So Black Panther mm-hmm. is getting a new comic series coming this August. Oh. So I have to be honest. I am not a big reader of the Black Panther comics. I've tried. I wanted to like them. <laughs> but um, I think for me, as like I haven't followed Black Panther over time. I've really gotten into the, the character in like the past 10 years. Um, in his comics, they focus a lot on characters that I'm not really familiar with, like a lot of the uh, Dora Milaje. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, the way that they do it, I don't know their history and they don't really ease you into it. So I kind of like put that comic aside. So I'm excited to try this one because where they're going to focus more on the character, it sounds like, is more of Black Panther as like an espionage hero and Ooh. more on like his love life. And one of the little hints that makes me excited is if you look at the Black Panther first uh, comic cover, it looks like Storm's on there. Oh, mm-hmm. and they were lovers in the past before, right? They met as children, and they were lovers, and then Storm went off to America with the X-Men, which kind of tore them apart, and then later on they started seeing each other again, and then her and T'Challa 
eventually got married, but then with her duties to the <laughs> X-Men and with his duties to uh, Wakanda, they kind of got, they divorced, and then she started going out with Wolverine, and then they've always kind of um, been an off-again, on-again type couple. Like, there's this comic, uh, I think around four or five months ago, it was really interesting where... Storm had to infiltrate Wakanda to try to take one of their treasures and she knew if she asked that they would say no because it's like super forbidden to anybody to handle this treasure outside of Wakandan officials so she stole it and uh, as she was stealing it she got caught because the people of Wakanda know her better than she does (laughs) and T'Challa says to her um, if you would have only asked I would have given you anything So that's the kind of, like, relationship they have. Like, they don't fully, I think, trust each other, which has kind of gotten in the way of them in the past. Like, I guess not that they don't trust each other. I think it's that they they will do anything for their respective groups. Yeah. And sometimes that isn't in line with their relationship. So, yeah, they're an exciting couple. So I'm excited to get kind of that dynamic again. Yeah. And I get that, too, about, you know, you're not reading the comics because I just, I don't read. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) All right, going back to (laughs) Walt Disney World, uh, as we all know that the Walt Disney World 50th celebration is coming up, and with that, uh, cast members at the Walt Disney World are getting new name tags. Uh, It's just kind of a cute little, like little piece of detail that is exciting probably very exciting if you're a cast member as well too uh so what this new name tag looks like it's they call it an iridescent name tag which is kind of like a holographic design um around encircled around uh their names so you know just one little detail that i love about disney in general or disney parks is that they always like when they celebrate something it's not just okay, let's just redo the castle. Like, everything is updated and on brand um, for for whatever they're celebrating. So, awesome for that. That's fine. Yeah. And then also at Walt Disney World, to make us West Coasters jealous, is if you for anyone who still uses Snapchat, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think this just comes with, you know, social distancing and not really being able to take pictures in person with the characters is that now uh, if you have Snapchat and you're at the park, you can add a Snapchat filter of the different Disney characters to make it look like you are um, taking a selfie with them. So you don't even need to have a cast member take a picture with you anymore or of you anymore. Uh, You can just use your app and record that magical moment at the park. Yay. Yeah. All right, and in some exciting news, we got some more information on uh, Disenchanted. Mm-hmm. So we have a more official date. It's coming out in 2022, and we have Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, James Marsden, and Idina Menzel, Menzel, <laughs> Adele Dezim, Adele, yeah. <laughs> uh, coming back, and they're being joined by Maya Rudolph, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jama Mays, three... Powerhouse women that I think are so funny. I think this movie's going to be hilarious. Um, it's been quite a while since we yeah. got the first Enchanted. That was all the way back in 2007. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to continue or like what 
time period this is going to take place in because, yeah, it's been a few years now. Uh, I don't know if the daughter is still going to be in in the story, but I'm sure she's, like, grown up now and maybe even going to college. Um, but I'm excited because it looks like it's still going to be uh, a musical as well, too, because mm-hmm. uh, that's what I really enjoyed about Enchanted is that it it was live action, but it still had the characteristic of a... Uh, uh, you know, an animated Disney movie as well, too, where it was very kooky, fun, and had, you know, musical moments as well, too. So hopefully they uh, stick with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it, the premise, the basic premise is it's 15 years after Giselle okay. and Robert met, and they moved to a new house in the suburb of Monroeville, but uh, Malvina Monroe is a nefarious person who is not doing good things in the name of her family so life isn't so great for Giselle's happily ever after so she wishes for a perfect fairy tale life but somehow that puts her kingdom of Andalasia into trouble and now Uh she has to go save it so I'm I'm thinking what we're gonna get is the reverse of Enchanted we're gonna get a movie starting in the real world mm-hmm. and we're going to get her having to go to the cartoon world and I'm thinking more of it's going to happen there mm. and one thing they talked about is in the first movie you have Idina Menzel who of course has originated the role of like Elphaba of Maureen in Rent she's like a musical powerhouse and she had one song in the original movie that was cut <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention Elsa in Frozen yeah, I guess that's how, a big one dare to talk you? about um, so I guess kind of to make up for it, she'll be getting two new songs <laughs> in Disenchanted. She's probably just like, I'm only coming back if I actually sing in this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when I first watched, um, Enchanted, when my parents, so my dad's not a big Disney animation fan or, or a, a musical fan. So when the f- movie first started, as a cartoon, my dad was so, like, I don't say pissed, but he was mad. <laughs> and he's like, what is this movie? Where, what movie did you take me to? But then he actually enjoyed it, too. So I think that is also just the the awesomeness of this movie is that it appeals to both people, like both animation lovers as well as just general comedy lovers, too. Yeah, and I think part of why we're finally getting this sequel is... It is going to be a straight to Disney Plus. And I think with Disney Plus, we're getting more of like the risk movies. Mm -hmm. Like if Disney's not sure of it doing well in theaters, just throw it on Disney Plus. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it, it kind of sucks that like we won't be able to see it in theaters, but at least it will be in existence. Yeah. (laughs) I just hope it's better. I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but hopefully it's better than Godmothered. Oh, wow. (laughs) I don't know if you saw it, Sean, but I, yeah, I was expecting more enchantedness, but it was not enchanting at all. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Something exciting too is the Disneyland Hotel is Mm -hmm. finally reopening July 2nd. Yeah, and that will be the last hotel on the Disneyland Resort to reopen, uh, which is exciting. And they're also they also mentioned that Trader Sam's is opening too. I like Trader Sam's. Trader I'm Sam. excited. Yeah, it's very yummy. Uh, it's an awesome place. So yeah, I'm curious though to see if they're gonna 
in terms of capacity, how that's going to be, or if they're going to add more outdoor seating, because it is a small, pretty small bar. Yeah, it is. It's hard to get a seat in there. Yeah. And like, I guess that does kind of suck if you're outside, you're missing like most of the magic of going yeah. to Trader Sam's, because if you haven't been there, it's a tiki bar and you're surrounded by like scenery. Like there's a picture of the ocean on the wall and there's like tiki's everywhere And there's certain drinks where if you order a drink, it may, like, start having thunder, lightning, and, like, rain. And, like, the picture of the the island behind you, like, shows rain coming down. Or, like, there's another drink where a volcano goes off. And it's just a very interactive, very fun bar. The drinks are yummy. They have, I think that's where we got a variation of the um, Dole Whip with alcohol. The Dole Whip? Whip. <laughs> I think it was with vodka, pineapple rum? vodka, rum, pineapple rum. I feel like oh. I don't know. Oh. I think it was pineapple rum. I yeah. think you're right. You won't hear me say that. Too wow. Much. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very fun bar. It's one if you're not familiar with Disneyland or the Disneyland Hotel. If you're from out of state, I would definitely make it a point to visit that bar sometime in your trip because you're not going to see another place like it. Yeah. 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 I kind of miss, like, there were times that I would see a concert at uh, House of Blues and then go hang out at Trader Sam's afterwards. Well, I hate to break it to you, but House of Blues has been closed for a while. What? 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. I've actually been to the new House of Blues. (laughs) All right. And a new show. Oh, yes. A new show came out on Hulu. This past week. Oh, has there been? (laughs) MODOK, (laughs) which stands for Mental Organism Designed Only for Killing. Oh. So we've talked about this on our show before, but now we get to actually tell you how we liked it. But before we tell you how we liked it, we're going to tell you about it. And we're going (laughs) to tell you that we've only watched three out of ten episodes. Yeah. So all episodes are out right now. Yeah. They dumped all ten episodes at once. Well, no, I know. Good and bad. It's good and bad. Yeah. So, Modok is a character that came about in the Marvel Universe in 1967 in September in uh, Tales of Suspense number 93. He was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And ever since then, he's become a pretty big staple of Marvel products, but he hasn't quite broken into the uh movies are the tv shows as much like he's guest starred in different shows but he hasn't really had his own thing yet um it's based on his name is george tarleton tarleton and he works for advanced idea mechanics but due to a botched uh experiment he turns into a giant like floating head with little small arms and legs (laughs) And I could be wrong. Please let me know if I am. But I think he started off as more like a serious character. But over time, especially in like the 2000s, he's become a joke character <laughs> because of the way he looks. Yeah, it's hard to take him seriously because he just looks so funny. Yeah, and he's actually like pretty dangerous because he has a... Uh, he can like mentally like make people's heads explode. <laughs> <laughs> which has been like the the center of a few jokes with this character but with his small legs and small arms like 
he doesn't look very menacing. No. But they've also had it where, like, weapons come out of his, like, floaty head wheel <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, like, yeah. And he's in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Mm-hmm. So he did make a debut there, which is exciting. Yeah. But, yeah, this show came out. Um, we've only watched three out of ten of the episodes. But we wanted to tell you what to expect and how we liked it. So this show... Uh, it's actually, I wasn't surprised to see that one of the executive producers is Seth Green because he worked on Robot Chicken and that's very much what it, it's, it's Robot Chicken with yeah. Modoc basically <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Jeff Loeb and Joe Quesada who are very big in the Marvel comics world. They are also executive producers. So I think that's why we see, a lot of references and a lot of characters show up randomly, even in just in the first three episodes. And I saw on IMDb uh, even more characters that eventually come in. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see the characters outside of probably what you're normally used to seeing them in. Like, there's in this, like, animated world. And we have, I mean, the first episode, you have Iron Man that just randomly shows up and he's a hologram. So it's... It's cool to see just a different side of these characters. Yeah, and then if you are a fan of the comics, we see Fin Fang Foom of all characters <laughs> show of a big green dragon. And there's even an episode where Modok has a fantasy of riding Fin Fang Foom, like Falcor. <laughs> so it, it's a lot of fun. Um, Patton Oswalt really is the big brain behind this show. And I think they're very smart. For taking some of these, like, nerdy fanboy celebrities and letting them just go hog with these shows and movies. Like, for example, um, Ryan Reynolds has a lot of input into Deadpool. He's very passionate about it and fights to make sure that it gets the level of respect and freedom to be what it is because... Deadpool's a crazy character. Yeah. And it needs a crazy actor like Ryan Reynolds to feel those boots. So um, I don't know if you know this, but Patton Oswalt is a huge Marvel fan. Oh. He once did a 10-minute filibuster <laughs> where he went into great detail about the um, Infinity Stones. And he just did it all top of his head. He talked about what each one is, what powers they do. He talked about the Infinity Gauntlet, like comic book story. Like, this man knows his his nerd world. <laughs> he probably talked about how the commercials in WandaVision were also correlating Nobody to the... Nobody talks about that. It's... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's it's a very fun show. The premise is that MODOK is this failing supervillain who's trying so hard to be taken seriously. And um, he... <laughs> Kind of the the fun aspect is he goes home to his wife and two kids, and one of his kids is also, like, him. Yeah. <laughs> She's in a chair just like him. And seeing him deal with, like, his regular family life amongst, you know, not being taken seriously in the world of heroes and villains. And then uh, in the first episode, even, I think it happened in the first episode, his wife wants a divorce. Yeah. And now we're seeing him go through divorce life. Yeah. It's very just like I, I kind of it feels very much like a Simpsons Family Guy mishmash with with Modoc. Um, so it definitely there's a lot of funny stuff that happens um, and it's just cool to see 
I guess the human ish side of him too, of not just like being a super villain, but also, you know, how his family dynamics are as well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fun show. I think, um, I think maybe my only negative would be like, I can't watch it for, I wouldn't want to binge it. Let's say that I wouldn't want to binge the 10 episodes because it is kind of like a crazy feel just like robot chicken was. So like, I enjoy watching it and it's fun, but I don't know if I could do what Mm -hmm. around five hours of it straight through. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not a binger at all. No, you're a purger. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, definitely check that out on Hulu. Um, Fun show. Very much recommended by us here at Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. What's that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up we have, while we're on the premise of Hulu... I am allowed to do this now because Hulu is owned by Disney. Oh, geez. (laughs) I actually, I went down this rabbit hole of like looking into this because I was like, when did Disney fully acquire Hulu? And the answer is 2024. (laughs) Oh. Basically over time, like Disney bought like around a third of the share of Hulu and then they purchased another big share of it from another company. And then they bought Fox, where they got up to around, like, I think 60% uh, ownership over Hulu. And then now they just went into talks to buy the remaining amount of Hulu from Time Warner, which will go into effect 2024. They will fully own Hulu. So with Hulu <laughs> being under the umbrella of Disney... I can talk about a Hulu show. Well, not until 2024. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then I'll just talk about the majority of the show and then I'll stop. So I, I watched the whole two seasons of the show. I think it's hysterical. They're filming season three right now. So I just wanted to touch on it. The show I'm referring to is what we do in shadows. What do we do in the shadows? You have to watch the show to find out. (laughs) So this show was first written by Jermaine Clement and uh, Taika Waititi, who, um, of course, Taika Waititi is becoming a big name in Marvel and Disney now because he wrote... uh, Ragnarok? Thor Ragnarok. He directed, I should say. And so we're going to see him do Thor Love and Thunder. And I imagine they're going to tap into Taika Waititi's talent more. Um, If you didn't know, he also voiced IG-11 in The Mandalorian, who was the tall robot assassin (laughs) but they came up with the concept for a movie where we do a doc a mockumentary on vampires and what they do in shadows and the movie was so successful that it spawned a tv series where they explore in more depth what these vampires do uh we have uh colin robinson (laughs) who's probably one of my favorite characters he is a psychic vampire, so it is his <laughs> job to bore people so that he can take their psychic energy. Uh, we also have... Are you a psychic vampire? Yes. Oh, that makes do total sense. So I can bore people. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite character is Nadja. Mm-hmm. She's so funny. She's a vampire, and all these vampires are kind of dumb in their yeah. own way. Um, And then we have Ragnar, who is uh, another ancient vampire, very Russian-type vampires. And uh, Alan and I watched the first two episodes together. I've watched all episodes previously. What is your take on this show? 
It's funny. Um, I think in the beginning, you know, thinking, oh, if it's about vampires, it's going to be dark, scary, or, like, gruesome. They're just going to, you know, suck blood from a bunch of people. But it's totally not like that at all. Um, everyone, it's, yeah, it's very, like, vampires meet the office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, all the characters are funny and... Um, yeah, it's I, I I love the part when they turn into bats because they're like bat and bat, <laughs> and, then, and then you just see like uh, animation of them turn into bat. So that's funny. Yeah, so they're they're filming right now season three in Canada, and um, it's exciting to see the show pick up steam here because it originally started overseas in the UK, and ever since coming to Netflix, it's become a runaway hit here as well. So if you haven't seen What We Do in Shadows yet, I would definitely check that out before season three comes out because it's so funny. Yeah. Speaking of funny, we have new Mickey Mouse ears coming to Disneyland. Oh. Mm-hmm. Are they mini ears? No, they're regular size. <laughs> <laughs> so they're Loki ears. Oh. How, how does that look? Because <laughs> Loki doesn't have Mickey ears. Well, what they look like is the actual band that goes on your head has the Loki horns. Okay. And then the ears have, like, green stuff coming off to look like oh, his outfit. Oh, I see. So it's it's mainly the horns. Yeah. So, like, oh, like the Maleficent horns, but probably Loki. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I see it now. And in case you are interested in buying the Loki ears... Starting on uh, June 15th, you don't even have to get a temperature check to get into the park anymore. Oh, yeah, I, because this is this is also when the state of California is slated to, I'm putting quotes on, reopen, um, where, you know, you're going to be able to, or Californians, I guess, are going to be able to, um, you know, walk around without masks. And, you know, a, a lot of the restrictions are going to slowly uh Reopen, I guess you can say. Um, so, yeah, with that, the temperature checks are being taken away. Yeah. So um, in case you haven't heard, at least in L.A., Orange County, um, we've gone down to the yellow tier, which is the lowest or second lowest, I guess. I guess lowest would be like no tier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the lower tiers. So that's why a lot of the restrictions are raising. It's uh, it's definitely like weird coming out of COVID now because like. I don't know. We've been doing masks yeah. and stuff for so long. It's weird to finally come out of it and feel safe. But I'm excited that we're getting through it as a nation. And I think this is a good opportunity to thank anyone who works at the parks or works in any type of retail or food for the precautions that you and your company have taken is the reason why we were able to get to the spot that we're at. So it was a hard journey getting here, but this is what the fruits of our labor yeah. Have gotten for us. I wonder how that man who spent $15,000 to <laughs> Disney World feels <laughs> after he got kicked out from his temperature check check. Right. Yeah. And um, just to close out on the Loki ears, we don't have a date as to when they are going to be available. But I imagine with the show hitting on June, I think 9th is the air date. Um, they'll probably be available around then. I just hope they don't keep it low-key when they release them. I knew that joke was going to come somewhere. I was waiting for it. I even paused earlier. I was like, insert Alan's stupid low-key joke here. 
Thank you. You're welcome. You never disappoint. Nope, I don't. <laughs> Our final topic for today, this past week, we got some very exciting news. We finally have the definitive answer on Hocus Pocus 2. Will they or won't they? Will they or won't they? They will. Oh, yay. It's officially coming to Disney+. Plus. So this goes back to what I was saying with um, Disenchanted. I feel like Hocus Pocus 2 never would have happened without Disney+. Plus Because I don't think Disney doesn't believe in this product. <laughs> even though, like, it's a bestseller at Halloween stores every year. Like, I don't know why they don't trust in the sisters. But, yeah. oh, well. It's coming to Disney+. Plus. It's coming in October of 2022. And the biggest question on everybody's lips has been, are the three ladies going to be involved? And officially, uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy have said on their social media, and it was announced along with the announcement of uh, October 2022, that yes, they will be starring in Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah. And I, I just like how they all three promoted it together. It wasn't just like, you know, Bell Miller saying it. It was all of them. I mean, I'm sure maybe Disney Plus pay them to do it, but it's I like that <laughs> unity of, you know, them just um, announcing the, the news. Well, and the thing is, too, that um, just to give a little bit of history, and if you've seen the Hocus Pocus special edition um, blu-ray <laughs> you may already know this but kathy najimi said that she has looked up to bet midler for years as her hero so finally working with her on hocus pocus she was just you know awestruck that she got to be in her presence and bet midler was very dedicated to this role she wanted to make sure like if i'm going to be in this movie i'm going to be in this movie so she would pull the two actresses aside and they would practice, like, how are we going to walk together? How do we mm. keep in sync? Um, she also had somebody follow her. <laughs> I love this. She had somebody follow her with, like, an old-time, like, dictionary of, like, different slurs. So that's why, <laughs> like, throughout the movie, she says random, like, old-time oh. things. <laughs> So um, it was their passion and energy, which I think made this movie what it is. If you listen to my other podcast, you may know already how I feel. But like on paper, I think Hocus Pocus is just another like whatever witch movie. But when you throw those actresses in and their dedication to the role and their passion, like that's why we love it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they could have moved forward with a sequel without any of these three. Yeah. So I'm glad they have everyone, all three of them, signed back onto it. Yeah, and the story is, uh, we don't have much yet, but the story is that three young women relight the candle, and that's what bring the Sanderson sisters back to life. Um, I have read, they have the Hocus Pocus uh, sequel book out, which... It tells the story of the first Hocus Pocus movie with a few things added in, and then it goes straight into the sequel. So if that has any play, because that book was actually put out by Freeform, who is the Disney-owned channel, who it was originally rumored the movie was going to come out through Freeform before Disney Plus existed. Um, if it's anything like that, it centered around the daughter of uh, Max and Allison, Wait, Max. Yes, Max. Sorry. Sometimes you get Max and Danny, like, 
mixed up because they're both kind of androgynous names sometimes (laughs) but yeah max and allison have a daughter and it's kind of one of those things where allison is so passionate about like the sanderson sisters and staying away from the house that the daughter's friend like kind of dares them to go on halloween and that's kind of what kicks everything off but the difference there is they didn't relight the candle in the book it was something different that brought the witches back but I could see, like, if we go with the Freeform sequel, it may be fun because we we got to see in that, like, the witches along with, like, a lot of witches eventually come back and we get to kind of learn more and see more of the witch's mother, which is brought up a lot in the first movie. Um, so that's one possibility. Or uh, I actually... Um, got to hear a little bit about the directors and what they said the treatment would be from a sequel standpoint, which they said they were kind of just throwing stuff out there, like nothing official. This was years ago. And they said they really have no input on the sequel. But if they did, they wanted to focus on like Max is a (laughs) Max. There I go again. Danny (laughs) has grown up to be like a college professor into like supernatural things so she still studies witches so that's how she would still be involved in the movie so i think that would be cool if they were able to get like max or danny or alice or any any of them back as like the parental figures yeah hopefully they they do for this movie yeah one of them what do you expect from this movie i i expect there to be another iconic musical scene (laughs) oh that is one thing in the book it actually had um mary played by kathy najimi had a musical number this time oh so and we know from uh uh sister act that kathy can sing so i think that would be fun to showcase her yeah or just give a song to each of them yeah hopefully we'll see you know what's funny is I went to a panel where they were talking about the original, original, like, treatment of the movie. It was actually written to be a horror film. Mm. <laughs> so they were actually going to have the sisters, like, like real time, like, eat children. Like, it wasn't going to be like, oh, we're sucking the energy off of. They're actually going to straight up, like, eat the children. And then eventually when Disney purchased it, the original idea behind it was it was going to go to Miramax, who is Disney's more adult movies. Mm -hmm. And then over time, it slowly changed to what we got to see. Uh, The original writer was Neil Cuthbert and Mick Garris, which if you're a horror film buff, Mick Garris is a big name in horror films. But it was funny to hear him talk because at one point he 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 wasn't happy that it went to uh, Kenny Ortega as a director because he had seen Kenny Ortega's work. And he's like, I don't know if he can do a horror film. <laughs> and then when it got announced that like Bette Midler was going to have a song and he was like, what? You can't have a song in the middle of a scary movie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it slowly turned from scary into like family friendly and, uh, yeah, it was just really funny to hear the directors talk about it, or the writers. Um, but they did say that they're happy with the final product, even though they went through kind of a uh, 
love-hate relationship watching their original idea die and get turned into something completely different they felt that the movie it turned into is different and sets itself apart from any other movie yeah they're happy with it i mean i'm definitely all for a uh, hocus pocus reboot that is darker and scarier I know, I'd love to see the original concept played out and see, like, what it would look like. Because they did still want to do, I think... I think they wanted to still do, like, light humor from the sisters and not fitting into the current time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think the final product just, like, amped that up a little bit more. Or they could do a crossover with the Sanderson sisters and Pennywise. Because they all like to eat children. I'm glad you're not in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, call me up. I got you. <laughs> so the sequel movie is written by Jen D'Angelo, who I actually haven't heard of, but let's look into her other products. <laughs> oh, so she does like workaholics, um, comedy bang bang. So yeah, she's definitely more in that funny business. So mm-hmm. I think we'll still get a fun movie. Yeah. And I like that it has a female energy behind it because I think that's where the movie should be centered, especially since it's representing the witches. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they'll give, you know, Bette Midler some directional uh, freedom as well, too, because apparently if she did a lot of the, or had a lot of input or say in the first movie, you know, hopefully they'll do that with this one too. trust her with it as well. I think they will, especially because the first movie showcased exactly, like, who she is and what she can do with it. So they would be dumb to not let her continue the character that she started. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know. Are you excited for Hocus Pocus 2? I already got one message uh, sent to me where somebody said, oh, no. Because I I feel like people either love or hate Hocus Pocus. Because, like, if you're not... If you're not along for the ride, it could probably feel like a cheesy or stupid movie. But if you are, like, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know. I think my uh, my close circle of friends and family are definitely excited for it. But let us know how you feel. Message us at Marvelous Galaxy of Disney on Instagram with your thoughts. Yeah, we like to hear it. Yeah. And catch Alan and I with Rachel on Once Upon a Cult. Or you can catch me on Hanging with the Hollowells with my buddy Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Your face is like a gift. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll be back next week with more news on a a little movie coming out next week. Cruella, which we're going to go see and give you a review on. Yeah. So come back next week, please.